All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everybody in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could even be personal, that requires you to create change. And I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influences are not just salespeople. I think there are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately we'll all become better at selling by being human. I always love bringing people on the podcast that I've worked with, that have mentored me, that like uh, I just know personally outside of uh, just LinkedIn and stuff like that. So I know this person super well. This person gave me a shot at, at where I work in my day job. This person's a tech revenue executive, proponent of diversity in the workplace. This guy has been a, a sales executive at many uh, SaaS software companies, most recently at Docebo, where he led the North American and APAC sales teams. He currently works as the chief revenue officer at a company called MentorClick, who is the leader in mentoring and DEI software solutions. I am so pleased to welcome none other than Chris Bondarenko to the podcast. Welcome, Chris. <laughs> Alex, so good to be here. Thank you. That's such a generous introduction. Truly appreciate that. And I would only correct you in that I didn't give you a shot. You actually took the opportunity, ran with it. And as we were just talking about, hey, congrats to you on, on just returning back from President's Club. I'd say arguably one of the top hires I've made in my career to date. Um, that, that actually like really um, means a lot coming from you, honestly. I, it's a long road because um, gang, for those of you that know this story, like two and a half years ago, I was out of work, you know, 2019, September of 2019. So if you can all like put yourselves back there, like kind of the, the, the world, just where it was. And even at the time, personally, went through a, a you know, a really tough, um, you know, just family uh, situation with my dad, you know, getting cancer and, and just dealing with all that, being out of work, getting laid off, all of that just transpiring. And then obviously March 2020, COVID hit just my world. 2020 was like a, a big year for us all, but for me, yep, especially yep. just being uh, laid off, having dealing with the loss of a, of a family member and, and then just the world shutting down and every interview in your face, just like just dropping and nobody's hiring anyone for like a whole year. I was out of work for a long, long time. And I just remember looking at my phone, like finding Docebo. And uh, at the very end of the process, uh, I started with Chris, started at the, the top, you know, and it's like Chris told me, like, if, <laughs> if, if you make it, if you're good enough, you're, we're going to put you at the bottom. We don't have anything for you, but if you're good enough, you'll end up making it back to me. And I made it back to me. And uh, it's a full circle moment because, you know, now we're here together, uh, you know, having a podcast and, and me coming back from President's Club. So it means a lot. Chris. Exactly. Thank you very much. Yeah. Great, great origin story of Alex Smith at Docebo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the coolest questions, I, I want to start off with this and then I'll get into it. Like, this might be a good segue. And so, like, I just remember interviewing with you and I, um, I may have asked you a question like what you, um, you know, what you want to see in, in a sales uh, hire and, you know, how do, how do you view like the relationship between like a sales leader, a VP and a, and a salesperson? I don't know if you remember what you said, but you said a quote like that a, a, a prior manager once said to you. Um, do you remember that at all? I don't know. If I, you, I don't you, remember, but I have okay. a response to that now. But go ahead okay. and maybe we'll see. Yeah. 
You said yeah. something. To, I don't know if the question was different, but like you, you your response to me is like, you know what? Like you're going to hire a lot of people in your career, but you just want to like someone like, yes, they have to be good technically at, you know, sales and what you're selling, but you just want someone that you can sit next to on an airplane, you know, that you feel good. And like, I think what you meant by like, basically you were saying like, you just want like to know the person, like you want to feel like comfortable around the person, you, you know, you don't want to be around people that just like, you just don't vibe with that. Like, it's just not there. There's no connection there. I thought like that was really interesting because it was just a really good analogy that you you want to um, ask the right questions. And at the end of the day, you want people that um, you feel comfortable being around that, you know, feel, uh, you know, connected to. And I, I just thought I, I always remembered that. And I was like, I, I was always wondering, like, kind of what you took from that or, you know, kind of if that was something yeah. you, you took in your career. But yeah, I don't know if you were going to say something to that too, but. Uh. Well, it's kind of surreal, Alex, that you, you reminded me of that. And that's exactly what I said, because I can tell you that because I was actually just sharing a evaluation process that I've, I've built here at Metrics. Like we're, we're doing some hiring right now. So for any of you out there and selling in, in the AM world, if you, if you want to join a really awesome company, uh, come join the click small plug. Um, <laughs> but I was writing out the evaluation process and, one of the, 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 the terms I use in, in, in quotations was, would you enjoy a three-hour plane ride sitting next to this person? And that was my direction to my, my team that would help me with the evaluation of these candidates. So it's funny that, that you shared that. Um, going back to it, I think it really what it just comes down to, is this person a human that you can get along with? Are they going to have good conversations? Are they a strong communicator? Are they going to listen as you're interacting with them? Are they going to look you in the eye, right? And, and, and generally, when you're commute, uh, commuting with someone, a peer or, or, or someone in your team, like, are you really going to get along with them while you're waiting in line potentially for an hour or two at customs, while you're boarding the plane, while you're on the plane in tarmac and so on? And so taking an extreme example where arguably it could be stressful, folks are not always um, you know, comfortable uh, commuting and flying, say, well, because you guys get along, um, I think that's usually a pretty solid litmus test there. Yeah. yeah, I like that it's a situational question because, like, you know, that's not ever. Look, it's uh, that's you're not hiring just because you like someone. You're you're you want to like you bring out an emotional reaction or a story because, like, yeah, you can think of those people in an airplane where, you know, they were just quiet. They were just like negative. Like you you, you wouldn't enjoy. It. Like it's a great word. Like would you enjoy it? And like yeah, because you know, they, they're smart, they're, they're, they can like start up a conversation, they can carry a conversation, they're listening, they'll ask you questions about you and not make it about them. And so it really is a situational question. So I, I just love it. Um, yeah. So, all right, thinking about like that, um, you know, and I ask everyone, this is a signature question. So maybe you could take it in a lot of different areas. And it's kind of connected to what you were just saying. I, I love to ask everybody, Chris, when I say this, the term, uh, sell something and sell it by being human. What's the first thing that comes to mind to you? And what does that mean when I say that to you? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. And I'm glad there's no script here. So we're just, you're getting off the cuff response here, uh, in the moment. Uh, I, I equate it a lot as I'm thinking this through is what makes you a good human and a human who, who one can not more than more than get along with, right. Who could, how you could have a relationship with and a, great seller that you know can, can close business and, and do all the right things 
I think there's underlying, there's a, a, a great amount of overlap, right? The ability to ask great questions, have great conversations, interaction, strong communicator or someone who is great at, um, at sharing their opinions, feelings, and so on. Um, those go hand in hand. And then you have uh, the, the back half of communication, which is about listening, right? So we've all had that friend who you're, you're talking to them and then like, are they actually listening to me? Or are they thinking about what they're going to say next? Or are they thinking about what movie they're watching tonight, right? And so I think those do go hand in hand, being a great human and having a relationship with folks and then also being a strong seller, which is interesting because the skills and competency overlap just really means that selling is not human sorry not unhuman that it is actually yeah, being yeah, a, yes. a, a a human right so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah no that I, that's i i'm i'm glad that you put it like that because sometimes we like so many I, i've 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 met a lot of you know sellers or even been through plans where or pro, selling programs where it's like okay you know you have to like you know a chameleon yourself or um you know put on this other role and there's one thing about there's a difference about like trying to like read the other person and play off the other person and try to meet the person where they are and some people would say that's like changing yourself or chameleoning yourself to the other person that's totally different that's 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 well worth doing totally different than creating a mask or a persona or like hey i have to be professional and buttoned up and i have to like do certain things because you know like we all you me everybody has our own unique personality like our story and everything like that and when you can bring it out in yourself a little bit more you can that can really like coincide with any sales methodology or any sales training mm -hmm. that you do right those are those skills that really are embedded in you so i just you know where where i saw it and just it made me think about it like before this conversation you were just even asking me like how's how's things going with you like how's the family and like what's going on with you? Because like you know, you're like, oh, he's genuinely interested. He's not just like, let's get to this podcast and get going. He just, you know, he's he's generally interested in me. So um, that's right. Yeah, it made me think of that. Yeah, yeah. I think also too, like to build off that, what we're talking about is really being our true, authentic selves, right? And one of the the biggest misconceptions I had, especially when I first got into sales about 20 years ago, which um, was really about you know opening the yellow pages and asking to speak with the CMO or the CHRO at company XYZ. And usually you would get through the gatekeeper. Times have changed, right? Drastically. <laughs> but back then I thought, well, I need to put my selling hat on. Yep. And then outside of work, I would have my Chris Bondaranko hat or the social Chris. And what happens is as you get on with your career, especially right now, if you're not authentic and genuine um, and you have those masks, then, you obviously are, are, are not really doing what you need to do to be successful. And more importantly, people will see through that, whether they are customers, peers, your report, direct reports, or your management, or, or in my case, you know, the board and, and my CEO, if you're not authentic and you're putting these different masks on, you're probably not doing um, anybody any justice there. And so getting back to it, authentically excited to be on this with you, Alex, and to hear about how well you've done uh, since I've left Ochevo and about the family situation as well, too. That has always been a common thread with you and I, right, ever since we first met. And uh, just to flip it around, one of the cool things I love about the way that you sell, very authentic, you are yourself. And when I look at things like the videos you make for customers and so on and how you, how you work with your, with your pipeline, um, it's, it's really quite cool.
Yeah. No, well, thanks for saying that. Yeah. I always try to think about like, how can I bring some of myself to the forefront again? No, but not everyone's going to like, you know, you and, and things like that. It doesn't mean you have to overpower the conversation, but like when people ask me like how I'm doing or like you, when you just ask, like, how's life? Like, I want to tell you a good story, like specific about me that can like, yeah. like start another conversation that you could reciprocate off of. And then we could, we could kind of connect that way because then, you know, yeah, like, I was just hearing a podcast today, um, one of the most misinterpreted books in selling probably in the history. It's one of the most famous books in selling is a book called The Challenger Sale. And people Yeah. read the, the, that book and said, oh, I need to like push back on my clients. I need, you know, people don't buy from people they like. It's not about having relationships. And, you know, <laughs> it, people misconstrue that to, to mean, okay, like selling is in absent of relationships. Like it's not just that people, people buy it to solve problems, but they also want to buy from people they trust. You know, you get their trust by being like you said, bringing your authentic self to the forefront. And then that leads you to like, have a, a more frank discussion about like, then they want to tell you more information. They want to give you more, they want you to help them, like and give you more Totally. ways to help them solve problems. So, um, yeah, I don't know how you, how you, you know, kind of see that going uh, hand in hand. Yeah, I mean, it, it's about that customer's journey from the first moment they click on a, a form or they want to download a white paper and how they experience your organization's brand and you and how that all lines up through that journey, right? Very important. Um, and then how you manage that, right? There's so much, and part of Challenger and some of these other books, I mean, they're, they're meant to be a little bit provocative to spur action and to get you to look at something from a different angle. But a lot of um, our customers have already evaluated us in our online Right. presence. They've already done their research. They found a few customers already on our platforms and done kind of that reference or they've been referred to us. So really it's our job is to be authentic and to ensure a very positive experience through that evaluation, right? We're not there to bait and switch or do anything else, pull any other tactics, but y
like they just want to like maybe even talk things out and and so like i learn as much from clients as like i don't want to like think oh you're gonna learn from me and i'm teaching you i, I want to approach it as like i just want i want i want to learn about you know your problem as much as i possibly can and then you know through that learning then maybe at mid then i might offer some insights or then i might offer yeah. my you know opinion that, that sort of thing um, agree agree hey let me just make one quick correction yeah um when you and i first got our starts in selling the internet was around okay it just wasn't in the state <laughs> it is today uh, that's just yeah we're not we're not, like eight, we're not old. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fun but we, you said the yellow pages so yeah no like yeah. you know we're both like you know kind of our like you know late 30s i'm i'm I, you know i'm you know 40 something by now but yeah um, no, I didn't have LinkedIn. I did not have like any of these outreach tools. Um, like exactly. just, yeah, the internet's in its infancy. So like you just didn't um, have so much um, information. Um, kind of like rewinding the clock a little bit, like, you know, even before you st got your start, cause like, I'm just impressed about your like trajectory in sales, Chris, like going from like kind of starting at like, kind of like maybe just like the entry level of sell sales and, and now being like a, a CRO and, of a company mm -hmm. and, and relatively young um, in your career still. Um, you know, I'm kind of curious, like, uh, like I don't like to ask people where they got their start in sales. I almost like to like ask people like where they started observing, you know, selling at alert, like at a young age and maybe like, where did you first come to like understand, you know, what it was and, and what people were doing and were there people yeah. around you that were doing it well? What kind of fascinated you about it? And, and who are those people that maybe um, you can think of that, that, that did it well around? Yeah, there? yeah. Well, look, I, I'll, I'll share this with you. Dating back a while ago, when I was in university, I was majoring in finance and I wanted to get into investment banking. And so I was taking all these advanced math courses and finance courses. And I was fortunate enough at the time to land a summer internship before my last year of university in which I was a sales coordinator at a, a phenomenal software company. It was Reuters back before Thompson Reuters when Thompson acquired them. And uh, I, I was able to pair up with the Canadian sales team and it was such a fantastic experience. I loved every minute of it so much so that I came back and for my final year, I dropped a few of those financial courses and I took like sales 101, marketing 101, oh, wow. personal branding 101, and it was an interesting moment because I remember even my father saying, you know, Chris, what are you doing here? I said, well, I think I might want to get into sales. And so that conversation didn't really go over too well. <laughs> However, I still graduated with a major in finance and nice. I immediately took the first sales job I could. So going back to it, the, the, the concept of preparing for the meeting, understanding mm. and researching your prospect or your customer and then heading into the meeting and the social interaction, and then the big pitch and the presentation, handling objections, negotiating, and then moving towards a mutual outcome, that just was absolutely thrilling for me. And I'm a guy, honestly, I hated public speaking in, in school. I, my palms were always sweaty, I was nervous, I stuttered, I had to read off my cue cards, and just that whole thing, like it was just exhilarating. So. That moment is actually where I decided in university that I wanted to get into sales and I took the very first sales job I could. And, you know, honestly, I haven't looked back. What I also loved about it is that the harder I worked, 
the more I could control the trajectory of my career and my ability to make an earning or, or to make an income. And, and I found that was very powerful. I am not a nine to five guy. And I realized very early in my career when I was a seller that the more prep work I did the night before and the more I worked and I really focused in on my job, the more successful I was and my organization, because we all know revenue pays the bills and it, it drives the company forward. And so I love that, that I could actually contribute and earn more, but also contribute to the company and for the greater good of the organization. I just found that was just this phenomenal dynamic there. Um, okay. So that, that's really the point at which uh, I decided, and uh, that's dating myself very far back. For those of you who are astute and want to look up when Reuters was acquired by Thompson and then just go back a few years, that's when I made that decision. That's really cool. Um, so, you know, like, did you have like a, an idea of like um, where you're going, like um, what you were, you know, your goal was? Because like sometimes people look at, you know, hey, man, like, you know, if I'm like a BDR, I just want to get to that next level. I can't think that far ahead, like to be a VP of sales or that sort of thing. Or, or um, yeah, maybe like, can you point to what uh, like helped you get from where you were then to to where you are today as a as a CRM? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I would, it's an understatement to say that I'm in my dream job, right? Or in my dream career right now, a complete understatement. I've always wanted to be a leader. And that's something that's part wanting, but part just natural ability to lead from the front. And so when you look at it, I, I played a lot of sports, a lot of different team-based sports where, you know, you were either a captain or you were a critical position on that team. And I just naturally was drawn towards being a captain or trying to help lead and motivate, encourage um, those kinds of things. And so I think those are some transferable traits and skills nice. in, in the business world yeah. to be a leader. Um, but there, there was this, I forget where it was, but I, I remember seeing this business leader and, and she was, I looked up to her because uh, maybe she was in, in like a, an interview and she was saying like, Hey, I, I, my, my count, I don't, manage my calendar anymore. My calendar manages me. I was like, wow, that's amazing. You're that busy and that valuable to the company that your calendar is preset for you and that you're in all of these meetings and you're just driving so much value and leading people. I was like, I want to be that individual, right? I want to be that person who's that, that valuable to their company. And so how did I get there? Well, I had this very direct, I wanted to be a CRO or a, back then I was just like a chief sales officer. I wanted to lead sales. And looking at really why not mentor click awesome mentors, folks who have coached me, um, reading blogs, reading books. I know we're, we're big on, we've already talked yeah. about a few books already, but just really having that ambitious goal. And I even say it here when I'm a mentor click, I'm not here just to do the regular. I'm here to be ambitious, to build a legacy, to do something truly special and greater than the sum of the ingredients, you know, I like that. And, and, and that thinking has really like has constantly pushed myself. Right. And I, I've just always been that way and, and been motivated, I guess you'd say. That's, I like that. Um, always thinking that like you can do that necessarily not in your, like the title doesn't define your wanting to That's do right. that and be that like you could do that as a like entry level BDR, be, like just be committed to, to leading yourself, maybe um, just leading the work. 
Um, leading doesn't necessarily have to be defined as a team. Like you can lead um, without that or the title and, and, and that sort of thing. You can um, like be someone who like, just like you said, like is just drawn to do really excellent, like, whatever they do, they want to like do something that's special, that's bigger than themselves. That's transformational. Those words like, it's they're they're not buzzwords or loft like it's like it's it, it that that though if you if the, that's truly what you want to do then that influences your your actions and your behaviors and all of that right like sometimes like i feel like we sometimes get goals like wrong where it's like ah, i gotta be in this position by x date or i gotta be in this role by by this year when it's like why don't you just like have the goal of doing the things really, really well now. And, and hopefully through that, then, then that will lead to that because we, we, you, you sometimes get disappointed. Like if you don't get there by a certain time, then you like, I failed at those goals. Right. But like, yeah, I don't yeah. know, but yeah, it's, it's funny just to build off that as a goal setting. Um, I actually, when I, I, I shared with my, my parents, they're a big influence on my life. They, they taught me quite a lot. Um, but when I share, shared with them that I had signed with MetroClick to be the CRO, my mom had a very interesting response. And she said, you know, Chris, like, this is awesome. You hit your goal. And I said, well, what do you mean? What, what goal did I hit? And she said, about 10 years ago, you told me you wanted to be a CRO by the time you were 40. It's like, no way. Really? And she said, yeah, I remember it like explicitly. And she said, I remember so much that I had to look up what CRO meant. So uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of interesting. Sure enough, I had my 40th birthday and then within six months, That's seven awesome. months, uh, I signed at MentorClick. So it's a very interesting. The universe kind of guides us sometimes but based on our goals and what we say. I, I love that st story because that almost defines like what I just said, because like you weren't sitting there every year with like something on your like like desk, like I'm going to be a CRO by 40. And some if that's great, if that's how people do great. But you were almost like it was just a residual of what you were like how you were like, like, um, you know, it's just putting outcome, effort towards your career. The outcome exactly. was like a, just inevitable by the, what you were putting in, right? You were like, did I say that? Like, and oh yeah, because like, if I was saying yeah. that, like I internalized it and I was doing things already that was gonna like lead me there. But, um, you know, yeah. I didn't necessarily make it like, like, uh, like if I don't get there, then I failed because then that would just like maybe not be as motivating or something or if if i didn't have something at a certain date then i wasn't on track but in reality you were because you were you were you're doing the things that needed to be done to get there so exactly yeah um well to give some people actionable things chris like or to give people like a window into a life of a cro i'm, I'm really curious about like how we all are in sales in some way in our, our, in our jobs, not people just with the title. Uh, some people may not like really like truly understand. I know before this podcast, you said like, I'm selling these every single day. Like I know, yeah. I mean, obviously people are selling crap to you every single day, like just throwing like, you know, um, just crazy, like prospecting things your way. But like there are things as a, as a uh, CRO and even, you know, chief sales officer and, and a VP of sales that, you know, you're, you're having to like, you really drive change. As I said in the beginning, like we're all like, like it's all like we're, we're doing driving change, whether it's in our business or personal lives, give us like, what would we see you do? Like if we had a window into like a typical CRO now, obviously there's no typical CRO, but if we had a window into your day, Chris Bondurango's day, like what would we see you do that's helping to influence change and, and that sort of thing? 
Yeah, Alex, that's a great question. I, I do caveat. Um, I, I, I'm still relatively new in my role, so there's yeah, still yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. things that I'm f figuring out. And uh, by no means am I um, an expert at being a CRO. I think that you know you always can learn and improve, and um, that's kind of like my commitment as a professional in this in this role. But you know, I, I go back to what we talked about at the start here was what makes us great humans and therefore what makes us great sellers and how we work with our customers, you can also transfer those traits and those skills and competencies into what, what, what a CRO is doing, right? I am communicating a lot. I'm organizing a lot. I'm working through performance expectations, um, a lot of mindset work, right? And, and that might be just because I'm a solo new to, to MetroClick and I'm working through that. But Every day, you're almost selling your vision, you're anchoring, you're leading uh, from the front. And, and you know, I, I'd say one thing that I learned, um, and this was a few few um, positions ago, is um, you don't you're not always as, as the leader presented with the good problems to solve or the good opportunities to solve. Those are usually solved already. It's the tough things that are presented to you or the awkward things or a performance management issue or, or a, a customer that doesn't you know, want to pay a certain um, item or you're dealing with procurement that's been escalated up, right? So usually what I've found is that I'm, I'm brought into these situations that already have either tension or they're, they're, they're just naturally a challenge to solve. And so solving, you'll know, bring those traits and, and, and what makes you're a good human and a good seller and bringing those to the table is what I'm doing often, right? Trying to help not fix, but solve something or, or work through something. Um, the last part of it is, you know, working within my, my executive team to make sure that I'm, I'm doing the right things and supporting them and that they're able to support me. Um, I mentioned my awesome CMO, Gracie, we're quite closely together and we're working towards mutual, mutual goals and outcomes. And, we're kind of putting ourselves, um, like our, our, our executive team first in instances, which is the company, to make sure we're driving certain change initiatives and so on that we know will benefit the entire company. So uh, I know I'm, I'm answering your question in a vague way. If I looked at my calendar, it's probably 12 to 14 meetings back to back to back, <laughs> eating lunch at my desk. Um, that's really what is in the day in the life of a CRO. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's working through a lot with a lot of people. Yeah, that's good. I, I like that. No, that's I, I, I'll take that. Um, you know, what, I told you on that. I'm glad you. I'm it, glad you're taking that. Uh, Deal done. <laughs> and, and you know, you can't you can't say too much. Too much. You know, really, really. You know, um, like uh, you know, like uh, like uh, sensitive stuff in a company. So I, I, I'll get that. Uh, very well said. And, and you gave me more than you know a typical CRO would, would deflect. Maybe. Um, well, what about this? Like, what do you like? So, um, I mean, as a VP of sales, let's say a Docebo, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you, you're speaking to those tough conversations. I'm sure you were brought into a lot, whether it was negotiating a large deal that was, you know, had, you know, it was tricky to, you know, negotiate business terms, or, you know, maybe it was like a performance situation, or maybe it was like, you name it, like there's the list is probably too long to, to mention here. Like, what are you thinking about, like, in the beginning to try to get on a, on a field where, like, you can start developing that trust? Because I'm sure you had mm -hmm. to probably develop with people because you're just dealing with so many people 
in so many different parts of the organization, right? Like, like Europe and, 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 you know, US, you can only, I mean, it would be great if you could talk to sellers just all day long, like that's it. But like the reality is you got to work with marketing and, you know, sales ops and like, you know, yeah. product and like, and sales and your, your, your biggest customers are, are obviously the people that are selling, but then it all works together. So I guess my question is for you, like, what are you thinking about in like some of those tough conversations and um, to, to kind of build trust and, and, you know, can you think of ways that you were able to, to do it even, you know, in the yeah. toughest situations? Yeah, for sure. So like, I'm, I'm going to attempt to draw a parallel to okay. selling into what I do, which yeah. uh, just bear with me on this one is look, usually the first step in selling, once you have someone who's interested in your organization, your product or your platform or solution is the discovery stage, right? So you want to learn about them. You want to understand scope. You want to learn as much as you can do your pre-research so that you're never asking a question that doesn't live on the, on the interweb already. Right. And so that, that kind of process of getting to know the prospect, their, their, their current state, their pains, needs, et cetera. I would kind of parallel that to every interaction I have with a human, whether they report to me, they're a peer or they're an executive that I report into is like, let's get on the, on a common level, uh, first, let's, let's understand each other. Let's know what the situation is so that together, once we both understand each other, then we can work towards a mutual outcome or a mutual decision or resolution. Right. And sometimes that understanding really takes account of like how the day is going, what's going on in that person's world. So, you know, maybe what mindset or what state of mind they're in for how you're going to tackle this, this mutual problem or this opportunity to solve together. So that's the parallel I've tried to draw. And, and my commitment's always been to myself and, and, you know, I've had mentors and coaches in the past is make every um, interaction meaningful and impactful, right? So Alex, haven't seen you in a while. I'm really interested to catch up with you first before we start the podcast. Same thing if I'm, if I'm meeting with my CEO, like the first few minutes, like, hey, how are we doing? How was the weekend? How's the day going so far? You know, you get a sense of what the mindset is that you're in so that you can start working together on, on your to-do list or on your resolution, you know, the problems to resolve. So that's where I, I get it from. And so I, I always want to have that as the start. Now, to wrap up my interaction with anybody is, you know, and, and this is, I, I'm stealing this one from golf, right? And look, I'm, I'm, I'm world-class when it comes to losing golf balls. But what I can promise is that when I... When I enter that green and I leave the green, and it's always stuck with me, was leave the green in a better state than when you arrive. Meaning, fix your ball mark. Look for maybe one or two other ball marks to repair as well, too. So if I'm leaving that interaction with that human, I want to leave them in a better state when than I than I arrived, or at least in a more positive state, or further along to our resolution. And so there's a few parallels there. Um, by no means am I a good golfer that I even hit the green, which is probably why I'm fixing a lot of other ball marks than my own. You're a, you're, you're a greenskeeper and a part-time golfer yeah. or something. No, um, That's it. I, it's very well said. I think, uh, you know, I like the me meaningful impact is, is, is so key. It's, it's like you, like the things you do, if you're, if that's really your goal, right? Like that can, like you're, you're con again, just like being a CRO, like you're in the back of your mind, like, like you're just thinking that like I got to do something I want to ask about like something specific from a previous conversation or I really want to just how's the family or 
Like what's, yeah. what's going on in your day or what's, what's my, I, I heard a really awesome question, you know, just um, the other day for like, besides how are you, it's just like, you know, how are you feeling today? Like, or something like that, or what, like, what, what are you feeling like today? Yeah. And people will be like, ah, oh, I'm like, you know, it's been a tough one or like, man, I've had better ones or whatever. Like, oh, like, geez, like, tell me more about that. Or just like sales. You're just like, you want to, you know, just hold space for people to, uh, again, let their authentic selves uh, come out. That's what I think. Yeah. I, I want to be that person that nobody's cared to ask that question or like, you know, just like, really, nobody's really asked you like, man, like, just like, what, how, what, what are you feeling like today? Like, how are you feeling? Like, and it's just like a basic one, but it's like, you know, you, you want somebody to, 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 to care enough to ask it, you know, so people pick up and they're like, oh, Alex isn't a robot. Chris isn't just going through his days. And this isn't a, like his calendar is like full, but when he's here with me for this 30 minutes or whatever, we're here together and he's going to, you know, yeah. make me feel like it, you know, I'm going to remember that you know, in my day. Yeah. Um, yeah. As best as I can, a hundred percent of my attention is with you, which we know is yeah, hard, right? Yeah, we have yeah, for sure. these devices, yeah, we have yeah, multiple yeah. screens yes, that are popping yes, up and showing us things. Sure. I, I mean, and talk, going to it, like something that's really hit, hit us really hard since I think probably end of last year, you've got AI now, right? So how do you differentiate yourself from what's going on in the AI world and automated content? Like you have to be authentic, you have to be yourself and so on. There's so much there. Um, it just, it, it reinforces that we have to be like that. One of my favorite books, which my mother-in-law um, gave to me, actually, The Coaching Habit, says, you, I actually ripped the page out and I, I have it kind of like here. It's like, you always start out with, hey, how are you doing? Like, and you don't actually get the real answer until maybe the third time of asking or digging where you really get the authentic, right? Oh yeah, my day's going great. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Oh, actually, like this is what's happening. And then you get to it, right? And so as, as a leader, um, understanding what's happening with your team, with your peers is, is obviously very important. Yeah, no, I agree. Chris, you know, I could certainly talk to you for a long time and you gave some actionable advice today, which I love. Um, you know, I always like to end these things off with just like something like unique about you and like something that, you know, that would tell us a great story about you. Um, so Chris, like if I asked, uh, uh, you know, like just your closest friends, um, you know, your, 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 your girlfriend, you know, people that are your family, people that are closest to you. What is just something about you that is just so totally Chris, something that like could only or would only be something that you would do or that, you know, they would think of uh, is, is something that's totally, um, you know, something that only you would do. What would they tell me? What would be something that they would, 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 would say? Oh boy. Wow. Okay. Alex, I mean, kudos to you. You, you ask great questions. I've, I've seen you in Gong and I've seen you elsewhere. You, this is a, a heck of a question. Um, I don't know how to answer that. I, I honestly don't. Um, I would probably go to the, to the point is that, um, Wow, this is this is a you you it stumped other people. Is, it stumped other people. This is very this is very good. Look, here here's how I would answer it. Um I truly love people and I, nice. I'm interested in people. Yeah. Um uh, but I, I would say like I, I have a tough time not smiling and, and not having fun. Like, you know, I've you've done a great I job of getting my cheeks to hurt, right? <laughs> um 
I, I really enjoy my work. I really enjoy what I do and I have a passion for what I do. And I just can't sit still. And actually, this is my wife, not my girlfriend. I don't have a girlfriend. I only have a wife. Oh, nice. Um, okay. My wife yeah. will always yeah. say to me, yeah. She'll always say to me, she's like, Chris, you, you can't sit still. Like, why can't we just relax? And I just have this drive in me. I, okay. I can't I like turn it. it off. Okay. And so when I'm with my friends, I, I love to have fun. And, and yeah, yeah. you know, I, I'm glad you didn't ask me about my golf handicap. <laughs> You're always moving. You're smiling. I love it. I will, like, I want now there's a story. We had an event at Docebo with, we brought on um, a Seinfeld actor. Um, oh. <laughs> you know? Uh, it was Jason Alexander. Jason right? Alexander. We did it for our customers. We yes. did. Yes. We did it for our customers. But you like ended, like started off and like, you, you know, the uh, VP of sales starts off the event and Jason Alexander and you kind of had this back and forth. And he made this joke like, you know, your background's blurry. And you're like, yeah. you know, doing all these things. And it's like, wait, wait, who's in the background? What? Like the girls, the girlfriends in the, at, at the time, I don't know, maybe the wife's in the background, like yeah. bring her in the front. It was just hilarious. And like, you were smiling. I, I think your face might've even got, mine would have too. Like the celebrity is just calling me out that like, he thinks like my oh, wife yeah. is like, that I just am like putting her over here, which is not the case. It was just, it was just funny that you're, you're, you know, it was a blurred background. So I. My gift to it, all it's the listeners. It's funny you remember that story because Jason. I mean, look, we we had we were newly newlywed at that time, yeah. and we had Seinfeld. We had a, a commitment in our wedding vows, actually. And so when I was asked to do that client event, um, I said to my wife, "I say, hey, look, Kim, I'll, I'll blur out the background." Now, Jason and I actually, what you didn't know is we actually had half an hour together to just again get to know yeah, each other, understand nice. what mindset we were in, and. So we kind of riffed a bit and, and, and did our thing. And my cheeks, honestly, were, were really sore from laughing. And then the customers came on. So we already had like a, a running head okay. start. And okay. it came up in the, in the prep is that my wife was, you know, I had the background blurred and she was sitting there because she wanted to watch and, and listen. And so Jason astutely, he called that out. <laughs> and, and he also made a point to call that in, out in front of all of the customers as well, too, and everyone else. And yes, I remember my face kind of like went bright red. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. Well, great memory. Alex. Well, great, great. Well, it's been a pleasure, Chris. Um, I could talk about like stories. I'm, I'm glad you gave us some and just a, a window into to your life and sales and kind of what you believe and coming back around, um, you know, making it about your authentic self. Um, you know, where, where can people just, um, you know, find out more about MentorClick, connect with you? Where, where should people go after this? Yeah, for sure. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. Um, MentorClick, we have a page there as well, too. Um, just a fantastic company. We're doing great things in the mentoring world with ERGs and in, in, in the DI, uh, DEI space. Uh, so you can learn more there, but I'm always happy to, directly connect with anybody who reaches out. Um, my email is just chris.bondaranko at mentorclick.com and I'm on LinkedIn as well too with my contact details. Awesome. Well, all, all the info is in the notes. Chris, it's been a full circle moment, man. Um, yeah. Can't believe we were able to do this. Thanks so much for awesome. it. Oh, it's great to see you again, man. Take care. All right. Hey gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable, so thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly 
and tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.